These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Hey, I'm Dave Moore. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My guest this week is Dev Gupta, or Udpuff Gupta. Uh, Gupta Udpuff, who you will see displayed on the uh, the episode title. Uh, listen, it's 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 weird because I knew Udpuff in eighth grade. Uh, he's now a you know a rock star with uh, Mr. Twin Sister. He's the the keyboard player, and you know among other instruments. And Mr. Twin Sister is an incredible band. If you don't know them, please check out their music. Go to the links in the show notes. Uh, the my favorite record is I think it's the self titled. It's it's the second the second record, but it's it's all good stuff. And they put on a hell of a live show. Anyway, there's some name confusion for me because I knew Udpuff as Udpuff. That's his given name. He mostly goes by Dev now, but officially he goes by Udpuff. So that's what you're seeing displayed on this episode title. Anyway, you can hear more about the, the minutiae of those name decisions in the full uncut episode on Patreon. If you go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr, you will get the full version of this episode and all the previous episodes. So sign up on the Patreon to get that. There's a lot of other good stuff on the Patreon too. Speaking of Patreon, I want to thank my Pigeon Level supporters, Fred Fidoa, Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, and Susie Carroll. I also want to draw your attention to the transcript for the show, which you can find a link to in the show notes. You can follow me, sign up for my newsletter, all that stuff, as well as follow Udpuff and Mr. Twin Sister and hear their music, listen to the music. So I think this is a fantastic conversation. I love talking to musicians on this show, and it was especially a treat to talk to someone who I've known for so long in a different to talk to him in a different context. So, enjoy this episode with Udpuff Gupta. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatar. When I'm in Shatar, I treat What do you hope happens when you die? Hope or think? Hope. Hope. <clears throat> to my my I assume you're talking about my spiritual self. Your your call. Uh I would hope that whatever you would constitute as like self, like myself, uh, like reconstitutes into whatever the next part of the universe is. You know, like I, I think like uh, the idea of the individual, your individual self is uh like a illusion in some way you know like it's not really the the reality of how things are so i would hope a lot of the things that come with that would uh melt away including myself if that makes sense does that mean no more individual consciousness yeah or like become you know like um I guess if you, 
so I rem remember asking my dad about like a reincarnation at one point where I was like, I was like, okay, so your soul, like someone dies and come back as another person. Cause did you guys grow up with, was that the belief reincarnation? Mm, my, so my family is definitely, uh, I would call them spiritual, but not religious. Like we never went to like temple or like engaged in like the rituals of religion in any kind of significant way, but definitely talked a lot about what, yeah, what happens when you die or like what, why are we here? Or like, what's the fucking point? That okay. Kind of thing. So you asked him about reincarnation. Well, cause yeah, we, I mean, we were talking, we were talking about it and, and it was like, okay, but there's like 6 billion people now. And there were like <laughs> a couple, like tens of thousands of people, you know, like just way less as, as you go back. So you're like, where are these new souls coming from? Is it like, how does that work? Like, you're just like, you know, I thought I was so smart for asking that. I was like, I found this, like this issue. Yeah. yeah. And my dad was like, well, I, I asked the same question also thinking I was really smart one time, a long time ago. <laughs> and like you know my my grandfather my dad's dad who's like really the the main figure in my life who i kind of first saw as like oh this is a person who like is wise and understands about these large things like mm -hmm. metaphysical things um i think i can, dude honestly i've like forgotten his answer it was like a really good answer but it's, it's it's more about the fact that like you can't think of it as like a bank account where it's like it's not like your soul is this like piece that like goes out and then like comes back in and like imbues this body and then like leaves and then comes back as an insect or whatever um it's more like the the universe is created from all the same shit. Like we came from the, the stars, you know, like every atom in existence came, came from the same place. Uh, if you're thinking about it from the big bang, or if you're thinking about it from like a religious perspective, like where like God said, let there be light and whatever, you know, the word, mm -hmm. um, all that stuff was like, so like my idea of like, this is me is, not really, I don't know. That's, that's not the most basic unit that there is yourself. It's not, it's not where it begins or ends. So it's, you can't just like do the math that way. <laughs> Being like this one soul comes out and like one soul comes in. It's like, does that mean you feel less attached to that conception? Like right now, like as you lived, like, do you, does that make you, feel less attached to self. I wish. I mean, I think that's right. that's that's kind of the the central premise of like a lot of uh eastern spirituality stuff, right? Where it's like the self is the source of suffering and pain mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. The more you can separate that from that idea, the better off you'll be and you like ascend to this 
higher form. Uh, yeah, but like the whole idea is that that's fucking impossible. And right. Nirvana, like it's like it's like decades of like praying under a tree or like doing crazy feats to like ascend to this place. So it's it's definitely not. I think there's a lot of things that make you feel like yourself, right? Like I have like my feelings and emotions where like, these are mine, like they're mine. I feel them. Mm -hmm. I can't escape them. You tell me that there's no individual, but then tell that to my, like, you know, the person who can't like answer the 500 text messages in his phone. Like those are my unread messages. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So So, I'm definitely attached and, you know, I'd like not to be, but. I, that's what I go back and forth on. Do I want not to be part of me wants to be attached, but just, and I guess it feels a little bit like a little kid throwing a tantrum where it's like, I don't want to stop throwing the tantrum. I just want to get my way. Like I want, I want it to be okay that I'm attached and I want to just hold on to this self and let it keep going. But I don't know how, uh, I don't know where my intuition and like, you know, sort of wise mind sits with that thought. Yeah. I just, I, I know what you mean. Like, I, I think the way to think about it is that like a lot of what I think of as like, the problems in my life or in the world or uh, the like ups and downs. Like, I don't think like the larger universe doesn't really care about human affairs. And when that like manifests itself in reality, I'm like, damn, this fucking sucks. Like there's so many people going through horrible things and like, why? Why is that happening? There's no good answer. Like, and if you believe in if you believe in God, then you're like, what kind of higher being like sets this up in this way? Or are we like we've done something wrong and like fallen from grace? You know, like all the, all of this stuff. It rests upon this perspective of like how I see things and what's important to me and like our society and our species and all this shit. Like, it's like, sure. Like I can see that, but I just, the reality of it seems like there's a larger thing that doesn't really care about me as such as like a single thing. As long as I think of myself as that, like I will find the world to be a heartless and horrible place. Not horrible, but like heartless, I think is the better way of saying it. Where it's like, my conception of right or wrong or good or evil or like doesn't really matter. Like the, the storm will come and like smash the nice person and the mean person, or sometimes just the, the, the nice person, you know, like the book of Job type. And rarely just the mean person. Yeah. That never really happens. I want to ask you about funeral planning. Okay. Do you have things you definitely want, things you definitely don't want? ways you want it structured i haven't put that much thought into it i i guess i i wouldn't really want like a fixed location 
of some kind where like this is where I I lie or am at rest or like this is this represents what was me a grave what is. not really yeah. one grave I don't really want a grave does that mean spreading ashes spreading ashes would be chill um decomposing into the earth in some way would be chill okay but i don't think Just they really allow that forest they don't really allow that you. yeah you can't really do that right i mean i know there's that one japanese like suicide forest but i don't think that's um really super sanctioned you yeah. know what i'm talking about yeah i've also heard that you know setting yourself on fire isn't yeah e- that ecologically helpful but... oh <laughs> they're trying to like uh, self-immolate shame people into like not releasing the chlorofluorocarbons or whatever that yeah and then like body but then all the stuff that's in that that could have been used by the earth you know it's just right <laughs> it's as if people didn't think suicide was selfish enough we have to like tell them that you're robbing the earth of the nutrients your flesh could provide yeah so, so okay, I don't know. But so a lot like of the idea of those things. Cremation might be chill. Yeah, I think cremation and spreading sounds like the most like doable option. Where would you want to spread your ashes? You know, maybe like in some kind of like garden somewhere that would be chill. You don't have in, a particularly this- meaningful garden to you. I feel like location has been weird for me throughout my life because, like, we moved a lot, and it's like now I'm in New York. It's like, what do you want to spread the ashes in the East River? Like, ew. right, right, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, just throw me into the gutter. Like, I don't know. Um, I yeah, maybe. Well, I want to disappear, so don't really want to be. The whole point is to be like, right leave no trace even leave no trace yeah okay i mean that seems difficult considering that you are made of matter but yeah but you set me on fire there's not that much left okay so you're saying fuck the the warnings you're down with oh no you're just talking about cremation yeah cremation that and, and I don't know why for some reason when you said set on fire I well, was assuming I yeah, suicide. I, yeah, you went fire. down that road. I didn't want to stop you. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why my mind went there. I feel like that doesn't speak well of my mental state at the moment. <laughs> Considering setting yourself on fire, <laughs> yeah, I strongly recommend you don't. Yeah, I I'll take that recommendation. Yeah, so good. what about in terms of like celebration or mourning? Do you have thoughts about that? Oh, yeah. I think it would be nice if, if it was it was not too mournful, you know? Okay. Um, I don't know. I can't really see myself. You know that when people ask their friends to do like really goofy things at their funeral, like sure. show up wearing like a bikini and do this and play the song really loud at my funeral just you is know. that a thing people do have you been to funerals like that no but i saw a picture on the internet it's a really sad picture of this like scottish uh military officer whose like best friend uh died while they were you know uh stationed somewhere and they had a bet that if one of them d- 
passed away, they would show up in like a hot pink dress to the funeral. And he did. And he's like bawling next to the gravestone. And it's really like heartbreaking. And, but cute, like beautiful at the same time, you know, like uh, what I'm saying is I don't want those heartbreaking, beautiful moments in my life when I die. Okay. <laughs> I just want, no, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I, I would not want to like make requests. I think, I think the idea of telling people that this is what I want when I'm gone, when I'm gone, I, I would like the, 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 things that I need or require from other people to, to end as much as possible with my death. I understand that like society, mm-hmm. it's really hard. There's like, I have a friend who's, whose dad passed away recently and hearing him talk about the, like all the, the physical realities that you have to deal with. And like, like there's a house to pack up and sell and like, bunch of stuff to go through and there's like a security deposit box that is like impossible to access and they're like jumping through like waiting on the phone for three hours to figure out how they do you know like there's all these like this mountain of stuff and i don't really want to add more things to be like okay i want you to bring a boom box and play this one song that i really love like how do you, you know, feel about your artistic legacy? Is there anything you want people? Is there is I I feel like I already know the answer based on what you just said. But would you want your music played? Um, well, so I think it would be cheesy if it was like uh like a record being played, like someone like putting on the CD, right? But if like your your most like loved ones came together and played a song that I wrote at my funeral, that would be extremely touching and beautiful. And then who am I to, to one, I'm dead. I can't stop that. So two, right. <laughs> uh, that, that would be how, how could you not uh, want something like that? That sounds nice. Yeah. Is there, what do you know what song it would be if you could choose? Hmm. I wrote this song that's mostly death focused, so maybe that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Which one is, is it on any of the Mr. Twins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called it's called Set Me Free. It's on our last record. Okay. So maybe yeah, that that's one. appropriate. That's a, about, that sounds nice. Yeah. The next thing is a is a premise I have for you. Okay. And it's it's a premise I laid out in my last one man show that's about the afterlife kind of set in the afterlife. And the premise is that in the afterlife you get to fully relive one memory. So you get to, it's not that the rest of your memories are wiped out. It's just that there's one and you can only choose one that you get to drop down into and fully re-inhabit whenever you want. So multiple times, multiple times, as many times you want, whenever you want. It's like a room you pop into whenever you feel like it. Right. If that were the case, what memory would you choose? Damn, dude, this is a hard question. It doesn't have to be the perfect. You know, you don't have to like, it is a hard question. I'm not going to deny that, but there is not pressure. Right. Um, 
the last one that I can remember that I feel like there's there's like a few moments where like uh you feel at at peace in some way, you know? You're like mm-hmm. things slow down a little bit and you can just feel like you're experiencing and inside the world and not just like trying to process it. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I felt like that, that I can think of right now, I was like uh, in Washington state. What's that park? Oh no, I have it right here. Olympic? I was, uh, yeah. I was in the whole rainforest. Oh, okay. On uh, this mug. On this mug. Uh, and I had really, really bad allergies um, at night. And, like, I couldn't sleep. I was feeling horrible. And it was a campground. And it was in the middle of this, like, pine forest. Like, you know, really, really tall. Um, And it was so dark. And I was just, like, I kept having to go walk to, like, the camp. Like there was like a little bathroom, like maybe a, a quarter mile away or whatever. I would like mm-hmm. keep going there and like trying to like wash my face out, but like nothing was helping. And I was, it was the pretty low, low, you know, like I was just feeling miserable. Uh, but th- at some point I feel like I started realizing that it was like insanely dark outside, like in a way that I didn't really understand darkness. And I had been using like my, my phone to kind of like go move around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I like, I, t- I turned it off and it got so scary dark. Like I didn't understand that you could still see the shadows of the trees, even though behind them was blackness, but you're like, no, that's a black or black. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. It, and it like, I got scared in a way that I hadn't been scared since like a little kid, you know, like when you're like scared of the dark and you're like, yeah, you're like, you're picturing things coming out of the darkness. Right. Like you're like not really picturing, but it's like, it felt like really like low level. Like this is something that like the feeling that I'm feeling right now is like connected back to wherever we came from like in such a like elemental way that was like i was right. scared in a way that was like oh my god like oh. and i just uh all of a sudden my allergies all disappeared like it was you know, i was like uh and i i just kept like moving i kept walking i was i was kind of a little lost like i got i knew i was leaving the campground and i got to like a little road and i was just walking along the road and it was like i couldn't sleep so it was like two or three in the morning and uh, I was like, I just, I gotta keep, like, I don't know what to do with myself. So I was just kind of like wandering on this road and it slowly became like the sun, you know, it slowly became light. Like, yeah. And you could see it like that darkness go away and it felt so good. It felt so good in this like unbelievable way where like I felt like I was inside the like, the dawn, you know, like the dawn is like such a powerful, amazing, crazy thing. And you're like, oh my God, the sun is coming up. I feel so much better. 
and good and happy and like the sun coming up is this like crazy uh, universally amazing thing for like ev- everyone almost and it was yeah it felt really good so it feels like this appeal to your like very very primal deep brain senses of like pre-verbal man almost yeah yeah did you enjoy the darkness in some way yeah like it i my imagination felt like 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 it was fed in some way like like um i think when you're in your day-to-day life there's this like everything is pretty like, you know, how things are going to go, you know, what's going to happen. You're like, I'm walking the street. Like, I know how this works. I know how shit's supposed to go. And like that level of just like, being like, I don't know. I have no idea what's around me. And like, that's a really insane, powerful feeling. Like you can like understand how people uh, construct like these huge things with their imagination like i don't know it's just like you're like uh you can understand how someone thinks like about something like god in an environment like that when you're like there's fucking nothing like it's just blackness and you're like i'm alone with my thoughts and they it expands outwards instead of like you know what i mean like it's a like, kind yeah. of weird um, well right it's like because there is that level of mystery and expanse and darkness inside at least my mind and it feels yeah. like body sometimes, but when it is external, it's like, yeah, it has permission to seep out of your brain and be, I mean, almost tangible in some yeah. way. Yeah. And so is it this feeling of that Dawn feeling of like that ultimate disorientation, all of a sudden crystallizing and dissipating as the Dawn comes up. And so it's like this, ultimate mystery and disorientation but now there's like this point of light and like i don't know like creation is happening almost yeah yeah no it's like the 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 boundary point right like that and like watching it like turn and yeah i don't know it's like you need one without the other and uh it just like i felt healed in a way that felt good like it wasn't it wasn't just about like i feel fucking amazing like i feel so good like i'm like chilling with this daiquiri in my hand and like (laughs) my best friends are around and like i'm having the best time i've ever had in my life like those Mm -hmm. are great i probably should have chosen that because that sounds more fun (laughs) now that i'm describing it no i don't think so this is more interesting it's like a deeper existential level of enjoyment or not because enjoyment's even the wrong word yeah it was like peace in some way uh knowing almost yeah like a stillness that was nice yeah Uh, and were you so this is just a couple years ago yeah this was pretty recently it was like maybe like three or four years ago and you were with other people i was like on the trip with a one uh a friend of mine mcgregor who uh we went to to olympic olympia nash park is it Olympic? Olympia? You know the one I'm talking Olympic. about. Olympic. Yeah, because Olympia yeah. is the city, but That's, I think yeah, it's, yeah. Olympic, yeah. 
And I think when I went on the trip, I was really anxious and stressed out about a bunch of stuff. And I quit my job immediately after that trip. So definitely made some, realized some things, you know? So were you, did you come back to McGregor the next, that morning, like beatific and sort of, was it difficult to reacclimate to human? Yeah, I, you know, I think I tried to explain it uh, and I didn't do that good of a job. Mostly I was explaining like my allergies, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> What's your coma in the sense of this moment of transformation where before you're one person, after you're either a new person or something's been peeled away, but you're, you're new in some way, you know, and I think everyone has these moments of transformation. I think everyone has multiples. For me, it, one of the big ones was an actual coma, right. you know, it was yeah. like three and a half weeks of yeah. non-consciousness, yeah. but for you, what is a moment like that? Like when I went into it or when I came out? <laughs> I mean, both. Just like what was the the experience or the moment itself? What happened? And who were you before? And, and how are you different? Yeah. Um, It's, it's, there's there's a few different ones to pick from. I'm trying to think of the the right one. What makes something? What makes it the right one? Uh, maybe appropriate for this setting, where like I feel like there's a level of I don't know. Like some comas are. In, interesting some are not some are just like dude i like didn't do anything for like six months and then six months later i was like i need to stop doing that and then i figured out how to do it and then i did it uh it's kind of like right. okay that's like a normal coma that you know happens all the time it's <laughs> sure. just like well right regular like life. cyclical depression yes it, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. Yeah, every three years there's this there's this oh, kind of big wait. coma let's let's do the the meta one is when i realized that that it is a cyclical thing and that moment when you're like, oh, this is just something that happens to me repeatedly. And okay. I need to figure out ways to like identify it when it's happening and then like do something to maybe make it not as extreme or ride it out or like get out of it. I don't know if that was. So a what, what was it? Do you remember when that happened? Um. I think so really like for me, the first time things, there were real repercussions to my, my cyclical thing was like probably in college, you know, it's a very classic story. I think of like, I didn't graduate. I dropped out. I like had a, a tough time just like figuring out how to like exist as an adult. Uh, for a while and but that was like the real first one where like i didn't even realize that that's like a a thing you know and then i was like whoa this feels did you have the word do you call it depression now i guess so yeah 
Yeah, I guess Did so. Did you have that framework to think about it then? Yes. Uh, okay. My family has like a long history of different versions of things like this in many different parts. So it's like there were examples, I think, in front of me to draw on very easily. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I think the part of it that is like, yeah, I don't think you can fully understand it inside of it. I still really don't. Like, I still don't really get it, and I still don't really understand if it's uh, if I should be thinking of it like an illness, or if I should think of it as some a condition, or just like whether it needs to be treated. You know, like there's, I think, at one point in my life basically a few years after college um where i had gone you know like i cut contact with like my parents like i wasn't returning their phone calls they were like hitting up my roommate to be like yo is what's up like is he okay like what's going on can't get a hold of him um and yeah, just like people that I cared about were like, what? like I'm just like kind of like disappeared, and I, and then I, I think I re- realized that this, oh shit, like I'm doing it again, like that's the thing, this is the thing, I'm doing the thing, like, and maybe. And it wasn't that you intentionally cut your parents off or anything. It just was a Herculean effort to get back to them or to imagine taking their calls well it's hard for me to say it's not intentional when it's like i'm not physically restrained from plugging in my phone and sure you know Mm -hmm. i think it wasn't that's that's kind of the part i struggle with sometimes where it's like uh taking responsibility for your actions where it's like are they my actions are they the actions of some other entity that is like you know, they're mine. They're definitely like me. Mm -hmm. So I think at some point I, uh, was just like, this is, this is my thing that I have to be responsible for. And the consequences for it are mine, but like, I don't really want to like change, uh, like, I don't want to take medication of any kind. I don't, in i don't feel like it affects my life adversely enough to take that step you know or just like it we've kind of felt like taking some level of ownership over myself and i know that like this is not really i don't think this is good advice honestly for a lot of people it's like <laughs> you know um, i mean it's not for me i'm a med yeah, for sure yeah and yeah that's what i mean but i'm not saying it's it's wrong for you yeah, and I honestly I just don't even know, but like for me the coma was just like oh shit, like this thing like is a huge part of what me like living the rest of my life is going to be. Like it's just this is not going away. This is like this wasn't a one-time deal. It's just like And was that like a hopeful comforting thought or a daunting thought? uh daunting but it's also like it's a little helpful in in just that like you're like okay well i know that 
I know the thing that is the most challenging thing for me and that will remain that way forever. Like I know that the job I have in front of me is to, which is what is to, uh, care about myself and take care of myself and the, the relationships that I have with the people who care about me, because those are the, the only things that really matter at the end of the day, you know? And, and if you don't care about yourself, nothing can really truly ever like replace that or fill that in. And there's, you know, like it has to be real. You can't, you can't trick yourself into that shit. Yeah. So are there things that you do now? I mean, we're talking about still experiencing it. I mean, we, you and I had enough trouble scheduling this. Yeah, that we're both yeah. still experiencing it. Yeah. I, you can never really know if yours is like other people's, but I assume it's a little bit. But uh, yeah. what are the things that you do differently when it when it comes up? Also, I love your description of it as the thing. Like, it, because even calling it like depression is like, I mean, it's it's helpful, especially recognizing that it's not just like sadness, but calling it like the thing that happens, I don't know, is like, the vagueness there is is helpful in some way. Yeah, dude, I, it's such a hard line because, like, I I recognize that it's like things are very complicated. I'm by no means an expert in uh, all the things that are going on with me. Like, I don't have a a solid understanding, but I have a little bit of understanding of of me over time where it's like, this is what happens and doesn't happen. And like, yeah, I don't know. Putting it in my own hands was sorry. I've, I'm not answering your question. (laughs) No, you're getting there. I think. (laughs) Okay. Um, I've, I'm only saying that because I've forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The question is like, what do you do differently in it? Now, now, now that you've realized that it is the thing and that it comes back. Yeah. I think uh, like routines are good. Like taking care of yeah. other things uh, to show you. What like, do you mean? Other things like what? Like watering your plants or... Okay. Or... Uh, oh, things outside yourself, right? Like a pet? Yeah, or like texting your mom something that's not like a smaller level. Uh, just like... It's like nur- nurturing, like nurturing both yourself and the outside world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm horrible at it, just <laughs> for the record. <laughs> just because you're saying, aware that you need to do it on I've, some level i'm aware and that, that it helps to it it yeah. helps yeah yeah it helps but I do, i'm not saying i do any of those things when i'm in the throes but uh it's kind of the i that's this i've i've seen it work <laughs> on myself well, and right other when you're out of it you're able to look back and like i don't know how i got there but eventually latching onto those routines was the thing that got me out yeah or maybe time got me out. Who the fuck knows, man? Like, I don't know. It's like, and that's the other part about it that's like a little bit uh, irritating is like, 
my responsibility in in a, allowing it to happen it's not even how it works right like it's uh i guess i have a responsibility for identifying it and uh trying to live with it yes okay that's i think i've now understood what my thing was is basically being like i can't fully control this thing and i should do things that i know help but i can't just make it go away there's no magical like it goes away and that's comforting so i know that it that it will eventually go away i don't know if my actions do it or what but it does like it ends just like it will always begin again <laughs> That is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Udpuff. Listen to Mr. Twin's sister. Follow them. Check them out whenever live music is a thing again. I, you know, hopefully someday. Also, go to the links in the show notes. Sign up for the Patreon. Get full versions of these episodes as well as bonus content, live events, uh, virtual live events, all sorts of other stuff. Also, tell a friend about the show. I'd be very grateful. That's it, and I'll talk to you next week. Have faith. You're human. 